Well, it cooled off uh, earlier this week, didn't it? It's uh, that time of the year where you uh, get the covers out, and I'm reminded that winter winter's coming. I was watching uh, the Steelers uh, Monday Night Football and got my blanket out, and I'm watching. And I, I was toasty and warm watching the game, and then I waited and waited for the Steelers to heat up, okay? I, uh, they finally did and came back from 11-point uh, deficit, and uh, I think it was about the last two minutes of the game that I finally really got comfortable. But, um, yeah. I remember when I was a uh, kid, my family, we moved to Illinois, And at the time, we were living in Key West, Florida, which, uh, if you don't know geographically, Key West is as far south as you can get. In fact, uh, for a couple months uh, before we actually moved up here, we lived just uh, across the street from uh, the southernmost sign that's down there, if you've ever been there. But uh, we moved up here in the middle of winter. Now, you need to know, I did not even own a winter coat at that time. I didn't need a winter coat. And... I was sure after we arrived that I was going to freeze to death. I wasn't sure I was going to survive. I thought we had arrived in hell, except it was cold. (laughs) And uh, I didn't like winter. It was cold. It was cold outside. It was even cold in our house. And part of the problem, to be honest, was my dad was not going to waste money uh, on an unnecessary thing like heat. And so... Consequently, he kept the thermostat way down, and I had a pile of, of covers and quilts on my bed. And in fact, I would drag the, my blankets around the house with me, and I'd play games wrapped in a blanket. We'd watch TV. I was wrapped in a blanket. Even ate dinner wrapped in a blanket. Uh, it was just it was the way it was. And finally, I, I think in an attempt to uh, make things simpler for me, I got some uh, clothespins, and I uh, fastened the blanket around my neck, okay? And it, it was kind of like wearing a cape, except I was not trying to be a superhero. I was trying to be comfortable. And so I could walk around the house, and my hands were free, and I was warm. I didn't realize it at the time, but looking back, I really invented the first Snuggie. <laughs> and if I had known that, I would have informed my parents that I'd bought a place in Florida and was moving back to the Keys, you know. But uh, it's funny, this time of the year when it gets cold, I, I get this feeling that we're supposed to start a Faith Fellowship satellite in the Keys, and I think that'd be cool, or should I say awesome, you know. But uh, I've, I've been through enough winters now that I'm okay with winter. Now, part of it is... I only have about a 50-foot commute through the week to get to my office. It's down the steps, you know, and so I'm okay. The, the other is I have control of the thermostat in my house unless my wife tells me otherwise. And I keep a blanket at the foot of the couch for those evenings when it's a little cool. I've been through enough winters now. I know that I will survive. And I have learned winter does not last forever. So I would tell you, get your quilts out, get your comforters and your blankets. Winter is coming. Some of you right now are in the winter season of your life. And I'm not talking about winter weather, but I'm talking about you're in a difficult season. The fact is, it's when things kind of cool off. 
In fact, they can get right down cold. It's when the storm hits. It's when the challenges of life are great. It's that time when your, your patience are tested, your resolve is challenged, your, your future is unsure. It is those times when there is full of disappointment and losses and fear and betrayal. That stuff just kind of weighs you down. It's that season when you have more questions than answers. And friends, it's a season that we all face in life from time to time. And sometimes when winter hits, it can be quite lengthy. You know, winter is that season when you need a comforter. And the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit is given to Christ followers. And the Holy Spirit's with us 24-7, 365 days a year. The Holy Spirit is always with us, and the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And that's what we've been talking about, the different roles of the Holy Spirit. And friends, no matter what you're going through, the Holy Spirit's with you. And you, you can wrap yourself in the Holy Spirit. In the middle of the storm, you can hold on, and the Holy Spirit will comfort you. It is an amazing reality. You know, Christ followers. In fact, repeat after me. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. Do you believe that? You know, Jesus told his followers that when he was at the end of his earthly ministry, he told them that he was going to leave and that he was sending another to comfort them, to be there with them. And when you read the Gospels, Jesus points to that fact numerous times through the Gospel messages, you know. And you read, and the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, is coming. One of those occasions is in, found in John 14, and he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, and he will never leave you. You know, that word for Holy Spirit in the Greek, it's kind of a multifaceted word. It's translated a lot of different ways. In fact, you, if you're following in your Bibles, you may have noticed that maybe your version doesn't say comforter. It might say counselor or advocate or friend or helper. But here, comforter. Comforter is a good translation of it. The, the ministry of the Holy Spirit would be ushered in, and if you read uh, the book of Acts chapter 2, it's ushered in in the, the upper rooms when the Holy Spirit finally arrives. But the Bible teaches that when a person takes that step of faith, accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that upon taking that step, the Holy Spirit takes up residency in you, in that Christ follower. It takes up residency. And as a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells inside you. Now, have you ever wondered where the Holy Spirit dwells? Well, the Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit dwells in our spirit. And it's a little complicated and difficult to understand, but our spirit is that inward core of who we are. Our spirit is uh, referred to as our heart many times. It's uh, that uh, executive center in you where all your decisions are made. It's that interior world that uh, it's difficult to understand, but it's where the Holy Spirit dwells. In other words, the Holy Spirit has full access in your life. 
The, the Greek word that Jesus uses here is paraclete. It's a compound word. It means to come alongside. In other words, the ministry of the Holy Spirit primarily is about coming alongside to uh, being in our presence all the time. If you look up the, the English word comfort, it has a very similar idea. The Latin, it's a compound word. You got com, which means associated with fortis, which means to strengthen. And so you put it together and it means strengthened by one's company. All right. Uh, fortis is the same word that we get fort from, you know, like a military fort. And so comfort is about building a fortress around a person to build it with a, a, another person's presence. The Holy Spirit is building a fortress around the Christian, around their heart, around their, their soul and, the, and their mind, protecting them. Principal ministry is comforting. Now listen very carefully. Comforting is not about fixing the problem. It's about surrounding you. It's about covering you and protecting you. You might remember some of you the, the story of Job. Uh, remember Job, had, he had, there's a horrendous storm and he, his children die. And then he loses his property and his livelihood and pretty th things just get stripped out from under him. And scripture says, when Job's three friends, Eliphaz, the Tamanite, and Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Nehemiahite, heard all of the troubles that had come upon him. They set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and what? Comfort him. In the middle of the storm, his friends comfort him. They, they come alongside him. You know, they're, they're, they're with him. It says, when they saw him from a distance, they hardly recognized him. They began to weep out loud and they tore their robes and sprinkled dust. Some, some versions say ash on, on their heads. Then they sat on the ground with him for seven days and seven nights. No one said a word to him because they saw how great his suffering was. Job's three friends did the best job they could comforting him. And they sat around him like a blanket, like a, like a fortress. They, they strengthened him. Scripture says seven days and seven nights. They, they were around him. They didn't even open their mouths. Didn't say a word. And it's kind of interesting because if you know the story, if you were to read the rest of Job, it's not until they open their mouths in chapter 4 that they start trying to fix things that they really made a mess of things at, at that point. And I think that that's encouraging to us because some of you today are trying to figure out, there's someone in your life and you're trying to figure out how to comfort them. You know, someone's struggling with something. They're in the middle of the storm and you're wondering, what do I say? Well, let me tell you something. What brings great comfort and where people find strength many times is not what you say. It's just grabbing a hand. It's wrapping your arms around them. It's sitting in the ashes with them. It's a ministry of comforting. It comes not so much from words 
but your presence that says, I'm here for you. I'm here with you. I don't know if you saw it recently. There was a uh, contest on the internet, and they were looking for the most caring child. And the winner was a a four-year-old whose elderly neighbor had recently lost his wife. And upon seeing the guy, he was out on the front porch, and he was crying, and the four-year-old just went straight across the yard and climbed up in his lap. When he came back home, his mom asked him, he says, what did you say to the man? He said, I didn't say anything. I just helped him cry. Friends, that reflects the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's what we do when we wrap ourselves around our friends and our family like a blanket. We we comfort them. What we do on the outside... The Holy Spirit, as our comforter, is doing on the inside. You know, how does he comfort us? Well, a couple of ways. One of, one of the ways the Holy Spirit comforts us is he reminds us that we are a child of God. Scripture says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is the very Spirit's bearing witness in our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, if in fact we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Bearing witness. Some versions say testifying with the Spirit. You know, bearing witness with the Spirit that we are children of God. You know, that picture there that Paul's painting, it's a courtroom picture. It's where you're on the witness stand, and there's a lot of negative evidence from your past that's being brought up. And I want you to picture Satan's kind of like a prosecutor. You know, Satan starts dragging up your failures. In fact, he'll testify to your worthlessness. He's trying to make you doubt that God loves you. Trying to make you doubt that you really have a relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit stands up and says, I object. You know, I have another testimony that you need to hear. This person has great worth. And it's not based on what they've done. But it's based on who they are. You don't realize who this person is. This person, child of the living God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The Holy Spirit's constantly whispering to our spirit, whispering to that place that very few people can penetrate or are allowed to go. You know, the Holy Spirit whispers in in that place and says, you're a child of God. You do not have to fear God. You do not have to fear your circumstances, the problems, whatever it is you're going through. You do not have to fear when you're in the middle of the storm. Why? Because the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to wrap around you like a comforter, and he's going to speak to your inner spirit and say, you are a child of God. See, it changes things. There was a study done at Regent University And what they found was that a person with uh, poor self-esteem, that it kind of inhibits their ability to to grow. 
And it also inhibits how they handle uh, difficult circumstances in their, their lives. And the study kind of concluded that when you're young, you know, those, your childhood years and your young adult years, that there are these thoughts that are kind of deposited into us. And those thoughts strongly influence our perception uh, of our worth. And it also strongly influences our ability to handle the challenges of life. And here's where it got interesting. The study raised the question that once a a person's perceived self-worth has been kind of established as a a young adult, can it be modified or can it it be lifted up and increased, so to speak? And, And what they found was that by positive reinforcement uh, of information in their life, that it it specifically helped people prior to whatever the situation that they were facing. And it also helped them with that stressful situation, and it helped lift up what they perceived as their worth. And, And here's what it resulted in. People had this enhanced performance when they faced problems. And and so they found that uh, that positive influence of being able to continually hear that over time, what it did, it actually wiped out those negative thoughts that had once been established in their life. Now, real simply put, if a person receives a personal reminder on a regular basis, reminding them of their worth from a person that they deem significant, if they receive that information prior to the storm, it helped them face the storm in a much better way. Now, I want you to think about this. It is one thing to have a person in your life speak about your worth. It is a whole other thing when the Holy Spirit speaks into your life on a regular basis, reminding you, you are a child of God. You know, the Holy Spirit speaks that into your spirit, echoes that on a regular basis, those times when we're challenged. And you can read a verse like this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become what? Child of God. I mean, you can read that. And you should read that. You can study that. And you should study that. But it is the Holy Spirit that convinces your spirit that that is true. And when you get that, when you're in the middle of the storm, when you're in those confused times, when you're afraid, when you're struggling, when the Holy Spirit starts echoing, saying, you are a child of God. God sees you. God's with you. The winter season, it's not going to last. It is not the end. You're a child of God. You're an heir, and because you're an heir, you're going to inherit God's kingdom. Friends, it starts to shift your thinking. You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he really uh, changes the whole, the whole game. He begins to put trials kind of in their perspective that, that we face. He says, I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory 
about to be revealed to us. I mean, Paul's saying, when you take all of your winter seasons, when you take all the problems that you face, all the storms that you're going to face, and when you pile them all up, and it may be a big heap of stuff, it will not even compare to how you're going to end. You know, incredible glory, eternal life. He says, it will be so small in comparison, you won't believe it. And friends, when that message gets through, when you accept that in your spirit, it causes a follower of Jesus Christ to hit their knees and cry out and go, Abba, Father. You know that word Abba, it's an Old Testament word, means daddy. If you were uh, to uh, translate this, you would say daddy, father. You know, it's the correct way to say it. It's it's a term of intimacy. It's not some distant God that has incredible power. For Christians, it's dad. It's a dad that takes care of me. It's a dad that has incredible power. And it's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. See, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And one of the ways he comforts us is he reminds us in those tough times that we are a child of God. He also reminds us that even in the storm, God's working. Paul goes on in Romans, he says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God who searches the heart knows that in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Paul, Paul's saying, new reality. Followers of Christ, get, take note of this. This is incredible news because in the winter season, when the troubles and the problems come, when things are overwhelming, when it gets cold, when you're confused, when you're struggling, the Holy Spirit is going to come alongside you and like a blanket, it's going to cover you and protect you. And even when you're overwhelmed and you're not sure what to do. How many of you have ever been in a situation where things are spinning out and you know you need to pray, but you can't find the words? Ever been there? I mean, I have. You know, so overtaken by the situation or whatever it is that you're facing that I'll be honest with you, there are times all you can do is kind of groan and and sigh and go, oh my God, what am I going to do? The Holy Spirit comes alongside us and helps us. Scripture says when we are overwhelmed, when we are weak, that the Holy Spirit will intercede for us at that point. The Holy Spirit begins to talk to God. This is what your child's trying to say. He's just struggling right now. She's having a hard time putting it into words. And because God's Spirit dwells in us, that Holy Spirit can speak for us. And here's what's amazing is the Holy Spirit begins to put those words in the form of God's will 
And this, this is important to understand. Because God answers prayers, particularly prayers that are in the shape or the form of his will for our lives. See, prayer is not about God conforming to my will. Many times we act like that's what prayer is all about. You know, we go to God and get up, got a lot going on. We go, God, here's your to-do list today. Amen. I mean, I think that's how our prayers are many times. We uh, respond to our circumstances. We deal with, with the storms, the winter seasons. And so what we tend to do is we fall on our knees and we pray for relief. God, get me out of this. Sometimes that's not what needs to happen. Don't raise your hand, but how many of you are glad that God didn't answer the prayer that you lifted the first time? I mean, there have been many times I'm like, thank goodness. You know, I think about Jesus uh, the night before he was crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays, he says, Father, let this cup pass from me. If there's any other way to accomplish this besides the cross, if there's any other way without going through this, I'm in. But then, toward the end of the prayer, Jesus says, but not my will, your will be done, Father. Your will be done. What if God had heard the first part of that prayer and answered it? What if, what if Jesus hadn't gone to the cross? I mean, we'd all be in trouble. We'd all be lost. I think about uh, St. Augustine. He was a key leader in the early church, and um, he's considered uh, early church father. And when he was young, he was a problem kid. And in fact, he was pretty far from God. And his mother, Monica, she was a very godly woman, devout Christian. And she learned that he was going to leave home and he was going to go to Italy. And she hit her knees and said, God, keep him from going to Italy. She was afraid if he left home, he would get in more trouble. He was going to get into deeper sin. She was afraid he'd get further from God. Her request was, please don't send it. God did not answer that prayer. Augustine moved to Italy. Friends, it was in Italy that he gave his life to Jesus Christ. See, his, his mother didn't know what she ought to pray. She didn't get the answer that she wanted, but the Holy Spirit was working and there was a deeper longing that was gonna be satisfied See, echoes, wisdom of God, wisdom of the Holy Spirit. You know, God had a plan for Augustine in Italy. God had a plan that he'd give his life to Christ. God had a plan that he'd go on, become one of the greatest theologians in the history of the church. That's how God works. Paul says, 
we know that all things work together for good. All things work together for good. All things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose, for those who he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son in order that we might be the firstborn within a large family. Christians, here's the amazing thing that I find. Everything that happens to us, everything that happens to us, everything that happens to us, including those winter seasons, those storms, those trials, those problems, God is working in the midst of that to bring good out of it. He is conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ, which ultimately is what God wants to see happen. It's God's will for us in life. And oftentimes we we pray when we have situations and we pray that God would help us extract the greatest amount of happiness and satisfaction from this life. It's the focus of most of our prayers. But God's will... God's desire is that we conform to the image of Christ. Every situation, every activity, particularly those winter seasons, those storms, those trials, those problems, those, confusion, those times of confusion in our life, through those things we are purified and God is using those things. And friends, when we are conforming, when we are experiencing the Holy Spirit's comfort, when we're trying to walk in the Spirit, when we are working and trying to have a close relationship with God, when we're doing that, here's the interesting thing, even when things are spinning out, you find happiness, you find satisfaction, you find that confidence, and it's a different perspective. It's a new reality as we face whatever it is that we're going to face. I mean, in the middle of the storm, you just hang on. Holy Spirit comes alongside, and he takes those groanings, those sighs, all that fear and everything, and he translates them into prayers that are consistent with God's will in our life. Not only does he carry that message to God, but here, here the Holy Spirit begins to echo into our spirit. It's just, this is God's will. This is a better way. I'm with you in this. See, the Spirit speaks to God, the Spirit's speaking to us, echoing, reassuring, encouraging, guiding, strengthening. And so, so you put it together. The Holy Spirit is our comforter. Holy Spirit echoes in our life. You are a child of God. Holy Spirit is echoing, saying God will use this. It may not look like it now, but God will bring it all together for good. Some of you are going through some stuff. You need to hear that. In the midst of the storm, the Holy Spirit echoes. Sometimes, The Holy Spirit's real clear in those times. And and somehow you're able to look, even though you're in a storm, and you're able to look 
and you're able to see how and why things are happening and you get it. But many times, you can't see it. You can't see how anything good could come out of whatever it is you're going through. And that's when the Holy Spirit just says, you don't understand right now. But trust God. Friends, I have had many winter seasons. I've faced many storms. Some of them, at the time, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure they'd ever end. But they did. And as I look back, God did some of his best work in me in those winter seasons. Now, I want to be very clear. I do not want to go back through them, all right? But I'm thankful for them because God worked in me. I know the Holy Spirit is echoing. He's been echoing through this series. I mean, some of you, the first thing you need to do is step across the line of faith. You just need to do it. I mean, make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior in your life. And I know that the Holy Spirit's been echoing with some of you for a while. And I I just want to say, do not ignore this. Don't put it off. Make today the day that you get that straight. And I also know that that some of you in your your life just need to do that and be reminded when you take that step, the Holy Spirit's going to take up residency in you. And he's waiting. He wants to have full access in your life. And he's going to wrap around you and he's going to comfort you. And you need that. In fact, some of you really need to be reminded of that today because you're in that winter season. Some of you are in the middle of the storm. And some of you, you don't know it yet, but winter's coming. Storms are brewing. And you're going to be in a storm before you know it. And friends, if you're going to face that, with some assurance, peace. If you're going to find contentment, if you're going to discover God's plan for your life, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit's your comforter. Holy Spirit's whispering to some of you this morning, saying, you are a child of God. You need to claim it. You need to believe it. You need to understand that. And because you're a child of God, God promises he's going to bring it all together, all together for good. I mean, do you believe that? I don't know about you. But friends, when my life hits that winter season again, when I face those difficulties and problems and troubles, and I know they'll come again, when I'm confused... I'm going to let the Holy Spirit wrap around me. Keep me warm. And I'm holding on. Mm -hmm.